Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Castor. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Welcome in everybody. Our last day with you here before the Thanksgiving holiday. Happy to be here on Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Castor, Jad Chambers producing for us. We have you for just one hour today before we take you right into the KU game. Uh, so we're excited about that. We've got lots to get to. Speaking of KU, Lance Leipold reportedly has a new deal. We'll get into that. Wichita State Athletic Director Kevin Saul is going to try to he's traveling so we'll see how his reception is uh but he's going to try to uh move up his week bi-weekly conversation with us into our next segment and then we'll get you ready for uh the big holiday stuff coming we've got football we've got basketball all kinds of good stuff wichita state k-state basketball both playing yesterday so plenty to get to here tommy good morning how are you it's almost time for thanksgiving we got just a little way to go yeah, of course we had a, a big new a big news item drop yesterday, and you know this is a day that we only have you for an hour, and there's so much to talk about that we got to squeeze in to one hour. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, you're of course talking about uh, my wife being able to announce her new business opening on December 9th. <laughs> uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, we're on a video stream, and I probably look like a zombie right now. It's uh, it's a crazy time of the year uh, in in my wife's business world. Uh, they are or she is opening a, a business in a little bit. No, Tommy's mentioning Lance Leipold. Lance Leipold is locked in now. The report, I believe, initially coming from Pete Thamel. Um, everybody essentially with the same info here through the 2029 season. I haven't seen dollars and cents yet, Tommy. I don't know if you have. Uh, but through 2029, it's two years on the the sort of token extension to begin the year. But this is the one that solidifies it. This is the one we've been waiting for uh, to see if they could keep him away from other suitors. And if you get that kind of extension signed with the facility upgrade announcements and everything else, Tommy, that's the signal that this is that this is the long term future of landslide pulled now. Yeah, as far as the the contract numbers are concerned, uh, as recently as late last night, I don't think that that had been uh, revealed yet to the public. However, sources are saying that the new contract could double what Leipold's original six-year deal with Kansas was slated to pay him. That's according to uh, the Lawrence Journal World. So um, th- there's a hefty so payday that you would think. five and a half, right? Yeah, would yeah, a hefty right? payday that you would think that uh, Leipold will, will pull in with this new extension. I think what's going to be the most intriguing part of this contract to take a look at once it is revealed and, and let out for the public to look at is what the buyout numbers are. And that's ultimately what um, a lot of the concern was this season with other schools potentially having Leipold on their short list, uh, like Nebraska and Wisconsin. And the, there was a, you know, clearly every contract that coaches have have buyout language in it. Uh, but there was the concern that the buyout language that Leipold currently or had before this extension probably wouldn't prohibit him from taking another job. I'm interested to see what this new buyout language looks like. But regardless of that, 
Uh, this is remarkable for the program to hang on to a coach with stability and someone that is building the program in a positive way uh, for a long time to come. Yeah, I'm looking at so if that if that took him if because he's I think at two seven five now if that took him to five and a half it would take him over Kleiman, um, which you would think would indicate and Kleiman's got to get through this year but he's got a big deal coming too I would imagine uh, especially if K State's able to play in a Big Twelve championship game and who knows at that point so um, it's a good time in the Sunflower State for college football I, I think more than anything it tells us at least Nebraska is going to be out right for Leipold. So at least the one suitor right now at the moment will be out. What happens down the road? You know, I don't know. And that's probably a pretty comfortable place. I think for both sides at some point for KU, I mean, you can't get over the top in these bids, right? For, for Leipold until there's a little longevity to what he's doing right now. But in the short term, this one makes sense. Um, If they continue to have this kind of success and well, if they continue to grow on the success that they had this year, then he'll continue to get raises up in, in, in those kinds of things. But I think that's a pretty comfortable number. It puts him up over Kleiman, which is obviously the direct competitor. Uh, it doubles what he's got now. It puts him right in line with, with what Big 12 coaches that are having success typically get paid. I think Mike, Mike Gundy's at around seven and a half. Of course, he's been there forever. And that's a long, long time of success to base that on. So the number feels comfortable to me. Um, I, I think this was important for KU to do. And Tommy, my reaction to you yesterday was, I wonder if, you know, the momentum slowing just a little bit in the last month or so actually helped this happen because maybe it cooled somebody off from going to make just an outrageous over the top offer that he couldn't have refused. So maybe the planets aligned, maybe, you know, things happen for a reason as KU settles in now and is able to hold on to Leipold and continue the momentum that they've been able to build this year. Exciting news, obviously. So happy for KU fans that this got done. Yeah, I think that some of that is probably accurate. I would say that with the momentum cooling with Kansas football in the second half of the season, I don't necessarily know if that would have um, cooled the interest by like the administration of these schools. But certainly the fan base, I, you yeah, know, I can, that's what I I can mean. see like Nebraska fans being like, why would we want to bring in Lance Leipold, right. you know, when they started five and zero and then lost, you know, five of their next six. Uh, so I could see the fan base thinking that a little bit, these administrators, the athletic directors, they're smarter than that. They know uh, that they know kind you know, what kind of talent, what kind of uh, credentials and, and all of that, that these coaches bring to the table. And they're going to be super thoughtful regardless of, you know, what the reaction might be of the fan base or the reaction of losing five of six. So I think there's a little bit, you know, of a difference there. One thing I want to ask you, because I was thinking about this, uh, this morning, I remember at the very beginning of the season, you and I talked about KU adding an additional year on Delance Leipold's original contract that happened before, I believe mm-hmm. any of this momentum yeah, had happened before, before the before five and start before all of that. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I remember at the time, I don't, I don't think you were negative necessarily about it, but I think you thought this is really not a big deal, you know, or I don't really know why. I didn't understand the timing of it. Yeah, Right, exactly. So is is it just the results that we've seen on the field that's changed your tune from that original extension to what we saw last night? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, for me, it was, it was almost, we, we, the expectations were too low. You've got to, you know, 
we've got to reward more than what we saw last year, which was, you know, last year was momentum, right? Last year was, okay, we think they may be good, but an extension. But clearly, Travis Goff could see the writing on the wall. Um, and he knew he had some indication of what may be coming this year. And and I don't know how locked in those guys are to what other programs are doing, but I think it was a move. It was a defensive move as much as anything. Now this is an offensive move. And kudos to him for having that kind of foresight to expect something to happen. Because imagine, Tommy, had they signed that extension and KU was in the same place that we've seen it in for the last 10 years or so, and they don't have the momentum, and they do win one or two or maybe three games this year. And you know, and you just sort of get into this repetitive cycle, and the reason I didn't understand it is because you didn't have the wins yet, and now maybe with an extension you're going to have to pay another coach before you want to move on. So, I mean, it was obviously worth it. I don't know how much it had to do with this extension today. Probably a little bit. I mean, there's probably some goodwill and good fortune built in to getting that deal earlier in the offseason, that vote of confidence, and now maybe that you know helped KU at the negotiating table to get this done. So it was a brilliant strategy by, uh, by the administration there at KU because it worked. Um, now the pressure's all on Leipold to keep the momentum going too. I mean, it's not like that. That's the other part of this that gets tricky. And we saw this when, when Chris Kleiman was extended and given a big boost at K-State. Now the pressure's back on the program, though, to keep winning, right? It's not as easy as, oh, we're paid. Now everything's fine and great and awesome and we'll be perfect. No, now there's even more pressure to win. Um, and that's, you know, we'll see how that goes. I think we're all optimistic in that for the same reasons we were when Chris Kleiman got his boost. It seemed like just the right fit for what the program needs to do. I think that, you know, with a extended coach in there now with the facilities, I would imagine life in the transfer portal and life in the NIL world for Lance Leipold and staff will get a little easier. And they've already done a really good job in it. So that's good news too. With the stability there now, knowing he's going to be there, recruiting gets easier. I mean, it always does. If you're in a high school kid's room and they don't know what's going to happen with the coach, that makes it tougher. Now it's right out here in front. Look, you've seen the news. We're here. We're here. We're bought in. We're building the facilities. We're going for it. Um, it's great. It's awesome news. And and Travis Goff did a great job all the way back in a move that I questioned for sure because I didn't know if it was too early. Clearly it wasn't. And he was right, and it helped him probably get this deal done yesterday. Yeah, you know, kudos to Travis Goff. Uh, and, and I continue to be more and more impressed with him um, as his time at KU continues because he did see, you know, in a crystal ball what was going to happen and making sure to take care of Lance Leipold. And not just the salary. We talk about that all the time with coaches about what's the salary, how much are they getting paid, what's the buyout language, and all for good reason. But there was a lot more that played into this for Lance Leipold. It was important for him that the NIL uh, efforts were there for, uh, for for the athletes. That way they can continue to go in and, and get quality guys in the program. The facilities, incredibly important. And it was no coincidence that Travis Goff announced a new stadium deal uh, that happened, what, a few weeks ago in College Game Day that weekend that TCU came to town. Uh, that was no coincidence. That's important, too. So I think that for Lance Leipold, the commitment that Kansas has shown him, not just financially to him, but also the commitment to the program with NIL, facilities, and then even something as simple as fans showing up. I mean, the that stadium 
had, what, three official sellouts this season, which it had been forever since that had happened. The fan base was hungry, too. And I think that Leipold recognized that and realized, and we've talked about this on this program before, that uh, he could stay and become a cult-like hero for not only Kansas football, but just the university as a whole, kind of in the same way that Bill Self is uh, to an extent at, at at the University of Kansas. So I think that all of that plays into it for sure. I'm not uh, I'm not suggesting that I would wholeheartedly believe that Leipold stays there for 10, 20 years. I don't know. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. I don't know. But what's most important is the short term right in front of you, the stability that this program has sorely lacked for a decade and a half you know that moving forward at least for the next couple of years that you can feel confident that Lance Leipold is going to be there yeah it's it, it's a good time for KU fans it really is and and I'm happy for him because and and listen the fans have backed this up too I don't think any of this happens unless there are sellouts at the stadium and you know people pony up with the efforts to get the new facilities it, it doesn't happen if people don't show everybody Hey, this we want this to be a football school. Um, it just doesn't. So kudos to the fans too. I always ask this question when I first moved here, because <clears throat> I wondered. You know, everybody at the time it was like, oh, KU basketball. You know, we, it, this is basketball school. All these things. I sort of observed that, and I was like, yeah, yeah. But what if the football team was really good too? And I would just sort of pose it to KU fans, like. Would you trade a Final Four appearance for a Big 12 football championship? You know, th- those kinds of questions, that kind of, a th- you know, things like that. And almost 100% of the time people said yes. Like, the thing about KU being a basketball school, which of course it is, it's one of the best basketball schools in the country, is everybody wants to be a football school. Even if you're the best, if you, if you went and asked Kentucky fans, they would tell you the same thing if you got an honest answer from them. Yeah, we love being a basketball school. But how cool would it be to be awesome at football at the same time? And I think that the only reason people have sort of let that go past is because the success hasn't been there. And it's like, yeah, but look how good our basketball team is. But the reality is there's not a KU fan in the world that doesn't want that football program to be awesome. Football in the fall is fun. And so it it will totally change everything. It's not going to hurt the basketball program. It's going to make the basketball program better, if anything else. And it will just create a better atmosphere on campus. I love that it's happening right now at the same time we're seeing K-State play at this level, that they're one of the best teams in the Big 12 and have a chance to continuously be one of the best programs in the Big 12, period, in any year. I, I think that's the sort of momentum they're building in Manhattan. And I love that KU potentially, maybe a few years behind that, is on that same trajectory. Now, K-State's much further along. They've proved a whole lot more of it over a longer period of time. But I don't think there's anybody that would tell you KU doesn't appear to have that possibility in their future. They got the coach now. They've got the facilities on the way. That's always something K-State's had an advantage at. And they've showed us that they've, you know, this staff has a good grasp of the transfer portal. And that could only get better. As the conference grows and expands and all these things, this could be perfect timing and I don't think there's any reason, Tommy, KU two, three, four years from now can't be where K-State is at this moment. I think that's totally reasonable. Yeah, I've never, ever 
thought that it's got to be an either or question. And I know that there are people out there that do believe that. Do you want to be a football school or do you want to be a basketball school? I don't think it's an either or. I think it's an and. And the University of Kansas has shown that that can be possible. You go back to the 2007-2008 season. The football team went to the Orange Bowl. The basketball team won a national championship. It happened uh, right around the same time of each other. And so, it, you know, Florida, uh, they won a national championship, I think, in, in both sports uh, 15 years ago. Like, this sort of thing can happen where you've got, you've got a university that is solid on both fronts. And so it doesn't have to be either or. And I think that the direction – and I want to go back real quick to – when Kansas State hired Chris Kleiman, don't forget, at that same time, Kansas hired Les Miles. And the thought at the time, the overall perception was, Kansas won that. They got a national championship winning coach to come in and coach that program. And all Chris Kleiman did was build the K-State program up to where it is now. And Les Miles flamed out spectacularly. And it took the University of Kansas to bring in their version of Chris Kleiman a couple of years later. They're a couple of years behind, but it, it took them to bring in their version of Chris Kleiman, somebody that is a proven winner at smaller schools and has that mentality to come into the program and start to turn it around. And that's exactly what Leipold has done. So I like, you know, I, I know that, that Jayhawks fans are not going to admit to liking following the same kind of blueprint that Kansas State did. But they kind of did, and it's working so far. So keep riding that wave, and I think that that's. I think that you're you're absolutely right when you say that Kansas is probably just a couple of years behind where Kansas State is right now. Yeah, it's it's going to be fun. I, I'm I'm happy for you, KU fans. I'm happy for all of us. I'm happy for me because there's been nothing watching college football on Saturdays this fall has been the most fun by far in the roughly decade I've lived in Kansas. This is the most fun I've had with college football this year. And it's because you've got two good games every week, two entertaining games every week. So I'm really, really excited that they got this You could be happy done. for me too, by the way. I've lived through like a long suffering yeah. decade of KU football. I, I am, I am happy for KU because it, nobody deserves that as a fan. Like you, you deserve relevance. Every fan base deserves relevance. And it's been too long for KU. This year's been so much fun, and hopefully now, with Lance Leipold locked in, there can be many more years like this to come. All right, we'll take a quick break. We're going to try and run down Kevin Saul, Wichita State Athletic Director. Um, he's traveling, so we'll let Jad work on that during the break here. If we get him, we'll come back. We'll talk about the Shockers uh, game yesterday, a loss. How do we feel about the loss? I'm curious. We'll get into it next on Sports Daily. Welcome back, everybody. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster. We'll see if we can track down Kevin Saul. 
no big deal if not. We're trying to move some of our weekly segments around this week. As, uh, a reminder, you'll have us today until 10 o'clock, right up until the KU game, and then we won't have you again until Monday, taking some time off for the holiday uh, to enjoy it with the family. Uh, I'm excited to do that, Tommy. So uh, it, it is a crazy time of the year, and the college basketball tournaments are a big reason for that. Yesterday, I was really excited about this matchup with San Francisco because San Francisco was a team last year that showed us they're pretty good. Um, I, I think that their their unbeaten start was for real, and this is probably a pretty good team, borderline bubble team. So, you know, my thought going in was this is going to be a great test for the Shockers to see a team that could very well be playing in the NCAA tournament. And if that's the case, if San Francisco ends up being that kind of a team, I think that that was a decent effort for the Shockers. I'll tell you what I liked about it um, is that in that second half, when they very easily could have rolled over and got beat by 15 points, they came back and had a great opportunity to win that game. Um, I, I I thought that they handled themselves well. I thought that they handled some adversity well. Uh, Jaquan Walton had the unfortunate you know play at the end there where he slipped, but he had a fantastic game, eight of eleven from the field for twenty one points. So it was it was disappointing to see it end that way for him. I know that that was probably very frustrating that uh, that slip late in the game, but you know in a game where it looked like it could have gotten away from them, in a game where they did you know didn't defend the three particularly well, um, you know up to their standard that we had seen. But they got it under control. They adjusted well, and they had an opportunity to win. I don't. I still don't know, Tommy. Like if we should expect this team to win that game, I'm not sure on that yet. But I do know that the effort was there, and you know I appreciated their their um, resolve to come back and and get that game as close as they did down the stretch. There, that was a good little run they had at the end of the game. Disappointing that they lost. I don't know how disappointing we'll know if it was a disappointing loss in general later when we get a better grasp of the shockers, but I still think we're seeing them improve and get better and do things that, you know, we're, we're distancing ourselves, I guess, from, from the Alcorn state game. Yeah. I I don't want to sugarcoat uh, a lot of it. I mean, I feel like the, the comeback was great. They shot the ball really poorly Um, Mm -hmm. up until that rally uh, to come back. Um, which was great. Don't get me wrong. The the like you mentioned, the word resolve, uh, the fight that they showed, that was great. Um, I don't know. I mean, this becomes a consistent, ongoing question about how Wichita State shoots the basketball. They shot thirty five percent from the field, um, and I think that they that that number, that percentage, improved with that rally with just a few minutes left. Uh, but before that, it was abysmal. And so I think that that, that clearly uh, is the Achilles heel of this team. But the way that Jaquan Walton uh, performed down the stretch, I know he had that unfortunate slip, uh, but that was great. That the, the resolve that he had was good. And for, of course, you know, Craig Porter took the game over at times too, especially during that rally. He had a couple of those free throw opportunities where he got his own rebound and then set up like Gus Okafor for a lay-in uh, to cut the lead down the stretch. So that was solid also. Um, just a little bit, you know, came up just a little bit short. I did like the effort. I did like the fight. Um, I hope that continues. Let's bring in Kevin Saul now, Wichita State Athletic Director. We appreciate uh, Kevin moving up his weekly, bi-weekly interview a couple, uh, couple minutes here with us. 
about to squeeze it in before we leave you early today. What did you think, Kevin? It was an interesting game. I, I think the effort was clearly there. Are you reading this team as an identity of defense before offense? We don't know if this team's going to suddenly start shooting the ball better. What was your take on the game yesterday? Well, good morning, guys. I appreciate the opportunity again to be on your show. You all doing well? Yeah, getting doing ready great. for the holiday. Good. Getting ready for the holiday. We'll, we'll ask you some Thanksgiving questions here in a minute because uh, I'm curious about right, that, new, new to so, the area. Yeah, but I, I think the, uh, you know, we, we've talked a lot preseason about what we thought we had. We've got an athletic group that's tall. They're long. Um, when they use their hands effectively, they can really, really shorten the, the passing lanes and driving lanes. And I think what you're starting to see is the formation of a defensive identity, right? You, you collect data points over time, and, and you look at, at like a Richmond played at Syracuse the other night and scored 71 points. It was an overtime uh, game, and I think they lost to Syracuse, but they scored 71. And so you start to look at some of these other results and the data will tell you that I think we're going to be a, an above-average defensive team. Obviously, we've got to figure it out offensively, and, and nobody is going to come on to your show, Coach Brown, myself, and make excuses for losses. We don't do moral victories, but we do need to, to analyze what it is we've got to do to get better and, and certainly trust our coaching staff to do that. You guys mentioned uh, just a couple minutes ago we shot 34.5% uh, in the first half. Uh, we, we improved that a little bit in the second half at 45% and finished up at 40% from the field. We've got to be better than that. We've got to be in that 45 to 50 range um, um, in field goal percentage. We shot 35% from three-point, uh, which I think a lot of that had to do with the second half. We were much more efficient from the three-point line in the second half. I think it was 6-19 and 19 the first half and 6-15. of 15. Uh, in the second half for a total of 12 or 34. But I think what you saw is that that comeback uh, offensively for us, we struggled with their zone and their size early in the first half, and we got down 10, right? And then we closed it at halftime and got to within, I think it was six at halftime, did a nice job to close it there. Uh, but we struggled with their size and their zone trying to drive. And then what I think you saw in the second half is we became a little bit more efficient with the three-point shot. They had to respect that and guard the perimeter a little bit better, which opened up some driving lanes to get into the gaps in the zone and do a little bit better job down low, which I think ultimately led to the run. Uh, they got us close. And, and Jay Kwan was absolutely crushed after the game. Um, just You love the fight and our guys to get back in it. Again, we don't do moral victories, but uh, we'll, we'll learn from it, and we'll move on, and we'll get better. Kevin, we know that uh, you know game in and game out, uh, the the leader of this team seems to be Craig Porter Jr., and that's been something that we've talked about you know since the beginning of the season uh, to now. My my big question has been who else? Like, what are the the pieces around him on a nightly basis? And it, it kind of seems like there's somebody different each game. I think probably depending on the matchup and, you know, the opponent and that sort of thing. But we've seen Jamie Rojas uh, have a big night against Richmond. We've seen, of course, Jaquan Walton yesterday against San Francisco. Xavier Bell had a, a good game against Grand Canyon. Uh, there, are, uh, there are other players that are stepping up from night in and night out. What are you seeing from the pieces that surround Craig Porter Jr.? Yeah, I think you're seeing Jaquan uh, step up as a solid leader both defensively and offensively. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but my recollection is he was the top scorer at Richmond. Um, he scored 21 uh, yesterday. Uh, Craig had 16. Gus went for 10. Uh, you know, Craig had a, um, if I'm not mistaken, 
actually Jaquan had a had a double double yesterday. He was twenty one points, yeah. ten rebounds. So um, I think you're seeing that. I think you're seeing some um, some some flashes from guys, right? James Rojas at Richmond. Um, you're seeing uh, Xavier Bell against GCU did an unbelievable job. Uh, and if we can start putting those those flashes together as consistent contributions. And then you've got some some quality coming off the bench, right, with Isaiah uh, Porbert Chandler uh, doing a nice job as he's trying to work himself into game shape and, and those things. So uh, Pierre has done a nice job. I think uh, Rojas and Pierre struggled a little bit these last two games. So that's what we need is we've got to get a little bit more consistent through six or seven uh, players. And I think we'll get there. I do. I think uh, our guys are still learning each other a little bit. At some point, we got to stop talking about new guys and learning each other. But but again, we also have to understand that we're five games into this thing. Kevin, we when we look ahead at the schedule, and I agree with you, it is it is time to learn what the team is. I just don't know what it is yet. But we've got a nice little stretch of games here coming up now through the end of this month uh, and into not this you know not this coming weekend, but the weekend following into that K State game uh, up there in Manhattan. Tarleton State's a team we've seen make the tournament and have a bunch of success in the past few years. We know Missouri and K-State are more household names. If you're trying to evaluate it, and we're all trying to understand what the team is, for you, what do you want to see by the end of that stretch? After December 3rd, when they finish up at Bramlage, uh, what do you want to see from this team, and and what do you think uh, the trajectory could be at that point? Yeah, I I think uh, you look at what we've got seven games upcoming before we get into league play right this saturday at three o'clock we play tarleton state you know billy's teams are going to come in and play really really hard uh, they're a gritty team so that will be a good test for us and then we host missouri um november 29th who who seems to be a team that is giving up a lot of points um so you'd like to think our offense will have a good shot there um, you want to be competitive um clearly competitive uh, and give yourself a chance to win against the Kansas States and Oklahoma States of the world. And then you got to take care of business against the Longwoods and Mississippi Valley and Texas Southern. So, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't ever want to be the guy that's going to go on the, on the show and say that our expectation is, is, you know, six and one over the next seven games. Cause I, I don't know that that's fair. You, you there's what, what we expect is continual improvement, right? We expect, uh, that productivity cycle of planning and preparing, executing, evaluating, going right back into plan and prepare, um, that that cycle produces continual improvement in our team. Um, we should be able to say that after the Texas Southern game on December 22nd that we're a better team uh, than we are on uh, November 23rd. And so that's the expectation, and um, and I think we'll get there. Our, our guys are working really hard. I do love the work ethic. I love the fight. Uh, those are pieces, guys, that, that you you can't teach. Those are the minimum standards. You've got to have a work ethic. You've got to have fight. You've got to have the ability to, to play really solid defense. Uh, and the offense will come around, but I, I like the building blocks. I like where we – I like where we are. Certainly would love to have not had the Alcorn State uh, result. Certainly would have loved to come away with one yesterday. Um, but at the same time, I think you compare those two losses and they're completely different results. Our guys uh, fought really hard yesterday and, and ultimately we're a results-driven industry and we got to win ball games. I understand that. Um, but I like where our guys um, uh, finished up yesterday. 
One more for me, Kevin. I want to ask you about, uh, you mentioned him a couple minutes ago, Isaiah Poirbear Chandler and his return to the program. Um, I read the, the article that Taylor Eldridge wrote about him coming back to Wichita State uh, and the, the work that he's putting in to, uh, like you mentioned, get into game shape. Uh, tell us a little bit and tell our listeners a little bit about what you're seeing from Isaiah Poirbear Chandler. Yeah, he's working hard at it. You guys know that uh, he, he had an opportunity to be a part of our preseason and and certainly has practiced, but uh, getting getting consistent minutes and games is, is really the key uh, to work yourself into game shape and a rhythm and understanding your role and all those things, and I think he's getting there. He obviously brings a, a, a an older uh, presence, uh, a leadership presence with the guys. You can see that um, in the dynamic of the team that, that they look to him and Craig as leaders. Um, and so having somebody like that with some size that can be productive down low and is going to give you everything you can on the defensive side coming off the bench is a pretty good weapon to have. So um, I like where he's at. He's, uh, he's an incredible young man, and, and we had an opportunity, he and I, to, to get to know each other a little bit better this weekend, and, and um, I really enjoy being around him, and he's great for this team. One question on that one follow. The other news item was there were some comments made by the announcers there that um, clearly they didn't have a good understanding of Isaiah's heritage. But um, what what did some of those, as we understand it, there were some apologies and everything, and, and you know Isaiah wants to make this a learning opportunity. So after what everybody could hear on the air, what did that process of apology look like? And, and it sounds like you guys feel pretty good about the way that played out. You know, it, yeah, it was an unfortunate circumstance to, to start. And, and I think, you know, the NABC and CBS Sports would tell you it was unacceptable, and, and we would agree. Certainly unfortunate. And I think uh, people make mistakes, right, guys? So it's, we, if we're evaluated only on our mistakes, then we're, we're all uh, in a really rough spot. But uh, I thought uh, CBS Sports Network, the talent, NABC, and Wichita State, I thought we responded well. The talent came over to pregame meal yesterday morning and apologized in person, had a good conversation with Isaiah, and to hit our statement um, summarized, guys, to his credit, he used it as a unbelievable positive learning experience, and he handled it with the utmost of class. So I was really proud of, of how Isaiah managed that. I was in regular communication with the executive uh, producers at CBS Sports Network. Uh, we talked with the NABC as well. Um, so what I wanted to do, guys, was make sure that Isaiah and his family understood that Wichita State was supporting uh, him to the, the fullest and didn't want it to create any more of a distraction as they were preparing for San Francisco. So we quietly drafted the release that you saw yesterday. I sat down with Isaiah post game. I walked him through what the announcer said on the air yesterday in the game, which, which I thought was also a, a very good public apology. Um, and I showed that release to him. He had some um, some thoughts in terms of what to add to it. But ultimately, guys, I wanted him to, to be comfortable with releasing that or not. What I needed him to know is that we supported him 100% and that we were willing to put that out uh, for him in support of him and his family. Um, he, he was excited for that. He wanted that. He wanted a platform to be able to educate folks about, um, you know, the, the Native community, as, as Isaiah put it. Um, I think our statement said the indigenous community. Um, and I think that's important, right? We're, we're an institution of higher education, and we value diversity, equity, and inclusion. And so having Isaiah and so many other diverse individuals on our team, that's what we're looking for. I mean, for goodness sake, our, our women's basketball team, guys, is, represents eight countries and 14 languages. 
so diversity is what we do in athletics. So we, I, I thought the response to it was great. And more importantly, Isaiah and his family felt honored after the release came out yesterday. So that's the most important piece. Yeah, we, we uh, appreciated the way that was handled too. So I'm glad to hear that that, that went well and, yeah, obviously we make plenty of mistakes. We're on the air for two two hours. We get it, and and it, it just proud of the way Isaiah handled that. And I thought that he did a fantastic job as well. Kevin, we appreciate no it. Question. So before we let you go, you are, are you a turkey guy for Thanksgiving? You turkey, or or do you dabble into some of the other meats? Well, I'm not a picky eater, guys. So I'll eat whatever gets put on the table. Um, I learned certainly learned that from my parents. If I had a preference, I'd probably go ham. Um, but uh, we we're excited to be back in the state for our first Thanksgiving, really in about 17 years. And so uh, Jennifer's mom's coming down from Manhattan, her brother, a uh, bunch of family members are coming in. So we're looking forward to having uh, Chris, uh, excuse me, Thanksgiving at home there in Wichita and, and enjoying it as a group. That's exciting. Uh, we'll, we'll do the same. We, we, yeah. I mean, Turkey sandwiches the next day are never a bad thing either. Kevin, enjoy the family. We appreciate these visits. We'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Um, we'll be getting ready for uh, some pretty big stuff on the table at that point. Travel safely back home, and and as always, we appreciate it. Thanks so much, guys. Have a uh, blessed Thanksgiving to you and your families, and thanks so much for having us on the show. Go Shockers. Thank you, Kevin Saul, Wichita State Athletic Director, joining us for a few minutes. We've got you until 10 a.m. today. Uh, we'll come back. We'll talk about K-State's big basketball win. Holy smokes, it's getting fun in Manhattan for basketball, too. We'll hit that next on Sports Daily. All right, welcome back, everybody. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Castor with you. Our appreciation to Kevin Saul, Wichita State Athletic Director, for jumping on with us there for a few minutes. You can go back and listen to anything you missed in that conversation at kfhradio.com. Tommy, uh, K-State basketball with perhaps its biggest test of the season last night against Nevada. And we didn't know what to expect other than Nevada has looked good. Took overtime. K-State took over in overtime. And got a big win, 96-87. Marquise Noel was fantastic, 29 points. Keontae Johnson was fantastic, 28 points. Uh, K-State got it done, and now 5-0 and with one really big win in the books. How much are you buying into this team? I was already bought in. They're not doing anything to back me off that. I, I really do think they, they'll, they'll mix it up and, and hang around in just about any Big 12 game they play this year. I'm coming over to your side slowly but surely. I am. I've I've wanted to hesitate a little bit on this. Like, all right, it's a, it's a team of brand new players for the most part, brand new coach, brand new culture, all of that. Um, I wanted to see it develop, but yeah, I mean, it's been impressive. It's the best start that the Wildcats have had uh, since what the 2018, 2019 season, I think I saw. Uh, and so, what Jerome Tang is building and what he's got there with the talent that he has. Um, yeah, I absolutely believe that they are going to uh, surprise people this season. I'm not sure I'm yet at the point to where I'm ready to say that they're, you know, a tournament team or anything like that. We've got a long ways to go and we're not even in conference play yet. So I'm, I'm, I want to be a little hesitant on that part of it. But what we've seen so far, an undefeated start. Yeah, they've looked really good. And I want to say that the the best thing that happened 
for this Kansas State program under Jerome Tang was bringing in Keontae Johnson. And I, I wonder if there were a lot of programs out there that they were hesitant to pick up Keontae Johnson due to the health issues that he had at Florida and wondering if he would ever play basketball again. But he has been an absolute difference maker so far for this Wildcat squad. There's no question. And I, I'm I'm happy for him. Everybody's happy for him. I mean, it's a really cool thing and good for Jerome Tang for taking that spot and good for him for picking K-State is the spot he chose to make his return to after his scary health situation. Uh, K-State looks great, and we're really excited to see them grow and develop in the Jerome Tang era, uh, you know, take off and and do whatever it's going to do. And just remember, you know, this wasn't the year of the highly ta- – I mean, this recruiting class was really good, especially when they got uh, uh, Keontae in there. But it's all the players coming in after this year that was getting everybody really excited. They get a game against LSU now tonight at 730. LSU again. A program you expect to be pretty good year in and year out. So that's coming up tonight at uh, at 7.30, I believe, is the tip there against LSU. You've got KU basketball coming up right after us today. So the holiday season of college hoops continues to give. We'll come back. We'll wrap up this Sports Daily. All right, we will not have another segment, everybody, so uh, that'll be it for us. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Before we go, I want to tell you that you can enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code JACOB, J-A-C-O-B, and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Sign up today and find out why nothing beats a win at the king of sportsbooks. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager and physically present in Kansas to bet. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Have a happy Thanksgiving, everybody. KU Basketball versus NC State right here on KFH. Pre-game coverage begins right after this. This is 97.5 and 1240 KFH. K248CY Wichita. KNSS HD2 Clearwater.